Welcome back, gang, to another episode of Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. My name is Harley Vasquez. My name is Amphir. It is back to school month here at Grit and Glitter. In the spirit of back to school, we're making a concerted effort every week to go out into the schoolyard, to find the kid sitting alone, eating dandelions, and saying, hey, come be our friend. Last week on the show, Em insisted that she be allowed to bring on another librarian from Pittsburgh named Emily. So this week, mm-hmm. I insisted that I be allowed to bring on a Canadian to, just to balance things out. Fair is fair. Fair is fair. You know, I mean, I like I am not a Canadian, uh, a Canadian hater like one of our former Glitterati members um, was uh, who consistently uh, uh, besmirched the good name of Canada. Um, I, I, I welcome all Canadians to our show. All right. So joining us this week is our new friend of the week from the Great White North by way of Maya, Quebec, Canada. Bienvenue à Erica. Bonjour, bonjour. Ah, Erica, <laughs> comment ça va? Très, très bien. I'm doing very good. I'm very happy to be here talking about the thing that I'm most passionate about, women's wrestling. Oh, yeah. Join the club. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the place for it. Uh, we're, we're fans. Yes. And honestly, we don't talk about Canadian women's wrestling enough on the show, because even though I'm in the biggest city in the country, every promotion here has like maybe two women per show still. And it's just hard for me to get particularly excited about that. I think that's definitely one of the downsides of the Canadian promotions, just because we have less wrestlers in general performing that means we have a smaller pool of women's wrestlers so that's a place where you know canadian wrestling especially canadian indie wrestling really could use like a step up but i think you know in montreal and in quebec as a, as a whole i you know i'm familiar with the ontario scene but not more than that but the quebec scene does have a lot of really good women's wrestlers and we're getting more and more women on shows each time so there's something very magical happening right now like we are on the cusp of like a, a really big you know kind of turning point for women's wrestling in Quebec so I'm hoping that this can you know people see what's happening here and they're they're they see how successful it is and they're encouraged to do the same thing in their promotions and I hope this just has a really great ripple effect and domino effect to continue to uh, improve women's wrestling yeah, some of the women that we watched in action for this week's show, I had not seen before, and it was a real revelation. Like, I'm excited to see more from them in the future, for sure. So on that note, this week, we are spotlighting, we are doing a deep dive into, specifically, the women's wrestling coming out of Montreal promotion, IWS Hardcore. <laughs> hometown <laughs> how long have you been into wrestling how did you get into wrestling and how do you get connected with iws so i've watched wrestling my whole life as a kid growing up i've always loved wrestling i always thought it was ridiculous and i'm kind of a clown girl myself but you know and i think this really speaks to how strong of a product wwe is i didn't know that indie wrestling existed up until like maybe five or six years ago I became friends with I so I used to work at a a local sports station in Montreal. So we've had like some local wrestlers come through the radio station. And that's where I learned that there's this whole subculture of wrestling happening in my own city that's not being run by Vince McMahon. And so I went to these indie shows and it was truly like a magical life changing thing like you know, standing two feet away from the ring and watching people slam right in front of you, it changed how I saw wrestling. And even the first time I went uh, about five years ago to the first IWS show, I think maybe if there was a women's match, there was one. It was like five minutes long and it was pretty obvious that this was the popcorn match, right? So just in the five years that I've been watching IWS wrestling, I've seen it change 
so much and women's wrestling as a whole has changed so much in the last five years. It has become so exciting and I'm so happy to be a proud of this company because, you know, we are an example of people who saw an issue and are actively trying to improve the situation. So just through becoming friends with those guys, going to those shows, um, the management there. So IWS is run by the insane hardcore legend, PCP Crazy Fucking Manny. That's his full government name. <laughs> and, <laughs> and superstar Shane Hawk, who's the trainer there and a 20-year veteran. So those guys are just, they're really smart. They really have their pulse on, you know, their thumb on the pulse of what's going on in wrestling. And they kind of asked me like, you know, we need, we need a woman's perspective on pro wrestling. You know, they're like, you know, you have experience working in sports journalism and media and stuff like that. So they've asked me to come along and give my, you know, kind of perspective and get in touch with the women's wrestler and just try to elevate what they do and promote what they do. And so that's what I've been doing for the last year. I'm kind of helping them with press. So within the local Montreal media scene, you know, getting them in newspapers, getting them on TV shows. It's It's been a passion project of mine, and I'm really, really happy to see where it's gone. You know, every time, like, you know, a mainstream uh, web, you know, newscast like CTV News, like that's the main one in Canada, when they post something about our little indie fed, you know, that's so amazing. And it's because I went after them and I pursued them and I showed them, you know, there's something really amazing happening here. And they come and they see it and they realize, okay, this is worth reporting on. So that's what I've been doing with this, uh, with this wonderful team over the last, uh, the last couple of years. That's, that's so tremendous. That is absolutely tremendous. And like, we're going to talk, I, I believe Harley's going to talk a little bit about what you found out about the history of this promotion, Harley, but I'm, I'm curious, like, Erica, like in your, in these last couple of years, what do you think has been the biggest accomplishment, the biggest mark of progress for this promotion? I would say having multiple women's matches on a card. You know, most wrestling shows will have a women's match. And sometimes there's, you know, there's not a lot of care or production that goes into it. It's kind of thrown together. Mm -hmm. I think what IWS does well is that they're very intentional and they care about how the women come across you know it's not a sideshow it's not just well we have two girls so we'll let them fight each other mm -hmm. you know it's very well produced there's storylines involved you know on a single show uh, a couple months ago back in the summer we had like seven matches that included women in you know either women versus women or intergender that's that's a big number you know where most shows have maybe two women so i think that's where we're really you know, where we're really strong. There's more than one woman, one more than one women's match, you know, um, multiple, multiple women. We do intergender, you know. So I think I think we're setting the bar and other people need to step up to it. <laughs> and IWS has got to be like top three longest running promotions in Canada now. They've, they're coming up on 25 years. Yes. So in March is going to be 25 years, celebrating a quarter century um, I don't even know what we have so much plan. We're already planning for the big show next year. It's going to be a big one. If there's ever been a time to make the trip down to Montreal, this is definitely the one, you know, if there's one thing IWS does well, it's, you know, really crazy surprises, uh, surprise entrances by guests that you wouldn't expect. Um, you know, those PCP crazy fucking Manny <laughs> government name, uh, you know, that's his baby. And he really puts a lot of effort into making like an incredible production. I think that's one of the things that sets IWS apart from other indies is that we put a lot of effort into the production value and the way that it looks. So it's not just like, you know, and this isn't a slight to like church basement wrestling or anything, but it looks different. You know, it has that wow. higher elevated feeling without it, you know, we don't want to be pretentious or anything like that, but it's just a very good quality product. So if there's ever been a time to come, it's going to be that 25th anniversary show. The legends from the past may re reappear. I mean, who knows? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, the, the production value, we're going to talk about an earlier match to start things off. And then we jump right to 2022 and then to um, a couple matches from as recent as this past summer and wow, I was blown away by the production value. And not just due to the fact that the stream is really clear, like the, the, the VOD on fight was really like, you know, clearly video got like, you know, um, uh, videoed and, and, and well, and the camera work was good, but the production value in person is really nice. And I, I don't think I was prepared for that, but yeah, if you were going to be like one of the longest running promotions in Canada and you're going to have the prestige value that you have at this point, 
it makes a lot of sense to look that good. Yeah, we're very lucky that, you know, IWS, because they've been around for so long and they've proved, you know, like we sell tickets, we can fill up a room, we get to perform or put on shows at some of the bigger venues in Montreal. You know, like we play, we put on shows in rooms where like Arcade Fire, you know, when they come, they sell out Montreal, like really big bands, um, you know, like, you know, Ticketmaster and Live Nation, you know, we're not big fans of theirs. <laughs> I'm saying that. I'm speaking on my own behalf. Uh, uh, you, but, you have, you have yeah. uh, allies. <laughs> but we play their rooms, you know, like those big kinds of rooms that are reserved for, you know, kind of higher acts. So it just shows like, if you really like something and you really care about it and, you know, you put in that work, you put in that effort, you will go from, you know, the small, you know, we've done the small church basements a long time ago. But you will get up to that, you know, that big venue name. You know, we we played the Olympia back in July. That's a really big venue in Montreal. Like, that's where great acts come and perform all the time. It was such a huge accomplishment for us. You know, we were sitting there looking at the setup like, I can't believe this is about to go live on Fight. And, like, we're here. We have sponsors. Like, it was just so satisfying, you know, to see everyone's work come to that. All right, so I put together a brief history of IWS. I love to, I always love to go back to the very beginning and see like all these promotions, especially when it's been around for 25 years. How did it start? How has it lasted this long? How has it changed over time? So I have a, a bit of a history here. You can help fill in some gaps or correct me if any of this information is incorrect. Definitely. Our story begins 25 years ago, back in April, 1998. A 20-year-old student at Dawson College, the future, Sexy Eddie. Eddie's an aspiring wrestling fan, and he uses his college radio show at Dawson to start a kayfabe feud between himself and another friend. This goes on for a couple of months with them feuding over the radio station here before building to a big backyard wrestling match at the college's annual campus barbecue. They tape a bunch of gym mats together, they throw them in the grass, and with a group of people watching, they just beat on each other with beer bottles, a ladder, a filing cabinet, an ironing board, as, as, as you do. The match is taped, videotaped, and over the following year, VHS tapes of the match begin to circulate around Montreal. So that when Sexy Eddie returns to Dawson for a second year, a year later, he has the idea to start the Dawson Wrestling Federation. This is a college exclusive promotion. They run shows on campus, around campus at different indoor wrestling events. And this continues for a while. They even use the college paper to help further storylines until a particularly bloody hardcore match gets them banned from campus and ends the work of the DWF. So at this point, Eddie reaches out to Northern Championship Wrestling, which is another local promotion that's been around since 1986. And he starts helping out and sort of like learning under the tree of NCW promoter Mark the Grizzly. This takes us into early 1999, where Eddie has the idea to get together with two of his other friends who are also aspiring wrestlers and start their own promotion. Those wrestlers are Nixon Stratus and PCP Crazy Effin Manny. The promotion is the World Wrestling Syndicate. Manny is still in charge of IWS today, 25 years later. Erica, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, about uh, PCP, Crazy Up and Manny. He is exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, the head honcho. He's the jefe of our team. He is the backbone that really holds that place together. He's He's nuts. Like, the dude is fucking crazy. Like, I watched him get souvlaki sticks to the head yesterday and bleed all over the place. And then after his match, you know, he went and finished the broadcast. Like, because we were, you know, we were broadcasting live on Fight yesterday. He is so smart and crazy at the same time. It's what you want from your indie wrestling promoter, you know? Someone that's a little unhinged but knows what he's doing. Like, he's a genius with cameras and, and stuff like that. And we're like, man, where the fuck did you learn this? Like, But he's he's a really great person to work for and work with, you know? He does his bit. He's he's a lunatic. He's nuts. But he knows how to put on a great effing show. And, it, you know, 25 years later, we're still here. So I think that speaks to the mad genius that is pcp manny <laughs> all right so it's spring 99 manny 
Sexy Eddie and Nixon Stratus get together. They start the World Wrestling Syndicate. Their first show happens that June. It's the inaugural Blood, Sweat, and Beers. And this is still a tentpole show that you guys do every year. Uh, what's the name of it? Blood, Sweat, and Beers. Oh, Blood, Sweat, and Beers is still happening. You bet. <laughs> there you go. The very first Blood, Sweat, and Beers happened June 99 in Wally's Pub in Montreal with 80 people in attendance. The pub in question is so small. And the ceilings are so low that they can't fit a wrestling ring inside. <laughs> so they lay down a bunch of gym mats on the ground and they literally tie the ring ropes to the pillars of the building that are holding the roof up, essentially turning the room into a ring, I guess. There's no turnbuckles or anything or ring posts. Yep. It's just the pillars <laughs> of the building. Yeah, that's they, a real, uh, real bottom up, you know, story. <laughs> They do this for a while, and uh, the WWS becomes, like again, this is like 99, 2000, so they quickly kind of become known as the Canadian ECW. They're known for their quote-unquote garbage brawls, they've got their weapons matches, things like that. And just like ECW, that's not everything on the card, but it's a large part of the identity. It's definitely what we're most known for. I mean, hardcore is in the name now, essentially. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So spring 2000, WWS branches out from the pub and they start working more traditional venues. As a result, they rebrand from the World Wrestling Syndicate to the Internet Wrestling Syndicate and IWS is born. They call the Internet Wrestling Syndicate because it's 2000 and they're sort of one of the pioneers at the time of using the internet. They're using the internet to share promos. They make matches available online. I can't imagine what it'd be like to try to stream or download a match in 2000 on Rogers dial-up. <laughs> but, you know, that that goes back to what I was saying. Like, you know, they were one, they've always kind of had their thumb on the pulse of knowing what's coming up, what's the trend, what do we have to be on? And I think that's a great example, you know, of, of you know, Manny and Eddie and those guys. They had a vision and they, you know, it was a little rough, but they went after it. They They knew what they were doing. It's around this time that Eddie and Nixon decide that they would rather focus most of their energies on their own in-ring careers than running the IWS. So they pass over full ownership of the promotion to Manny, who remains owner today. March 2002, we established the IWS tag titles. And by 2003, the place is bumping. Okay, now by 2003, IWS is home to former WWE superstars like the future Canadian Frankenstein, PCO as well as two young up-and-coming wrestlers who will one day be known as Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And IWS is actually in November of 2003, where Kevin and Sami have their very first match against each other. Oh, wow. 2004, IWS champion uh, Kevin Steen starts defending the title outside of Quebec for the first time. Uh, the very first time is actually at an event in New Jersey against Roderick Strong. As a result of the title leaving Quebec and branching out, Manny decides to rebrand the IWS again. It is no longer the Internet Wrestling Syndicate. It is now the International Wrestling Syndicate. With this comes plans for the IWS to expand further. And as a result, they actually run in July 2005, they run a show in Philadelphia, very first time outside of Montreal or Laval. So not even just like first time outside of Quebec and Canada, first time out of Montreal or Laval. Then they add the IWS Canadian Championship to their roster. And they also run a show in Ottawa that month as well. So they really start to branch out. Although since then, Erica, it's been rare that you guys run outside of Montreal. It's still very much proudly, firmly a Montreal promotion. Yeah, we're mostly a Montreal promotion. Uh, we did make that fun appearance in Toronto earlier this year. <laughs> but for the most part, we are a local, proud Montreal-based company. But who knows? Who knows what's up IWS's sleeve? <laughs> mm -hmm. By 2007, 2008, we've got the future Kevin Owens, the future Sami Zayn, the future PCO. We've also got people on the roster like Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Angelo Parker, Matt Menard. February 2008, uh, again, I, I, I use their current names just to make it make it easy. February 2008, Sami Zayn, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson enter the Chikara King of Trios tournament as Team IWS. They defeat the first wrestling family in round one, but they lose in the second round to the team of Sin Cara, 
Lince Dorado, and El Pantera. Now, as far as women's wrestling goes, again, this is the early 2000s, and IWS is no different than anywhere else. Women are rare on these shows. There's few women kicking around. The two most prominent names in IWS who mostly wrestle intergender matches are Lufisto and Vanessa Craven. Although Stephanie Sinclair pops up a couple of times here and there, and she will eventually be the first women's champion. So on that note, let's turn to the first match on our watch list. It was August 2008, Hardcore Heat 2008, and it was the first time two women faced off one-on-one in an IWS ring. The legends, Lufisto and Vanessa Craven. Per commentary on this match, it was originally supposed to be uh, Vanessa Craven versus Casey Diamond, but Diamond couldn't make the show for some reason. So Lufisto comes out as a surprise opponent instead. Vanessa's about four years into her career. Lufisto's already 10 years into her, her career at this point. So Lufisto's already a known legend. I love to include and start with older matches like this to really contextualize where women's wrestling was at the time and how far we've come to today. Because you would think it's only 15 years ago. That's not that long ago. And yet we get... Um, when Vanessa's one of her surprise opponent is, a guy in the crowd yells, hope she's hot. When uh, the match starts, commentary is like, both women wearing pretty colors. Oh, and... yeah, uh, but uh, but Lucas, there's this, the more feminine has its pink, <laughs> not purple. When I heard that, like, <laughs> blood coming out of my eyes. <laughs> uh, but the highlight for me, of course, is the random fan yelling, I love boobs. And commentary saying boobs are glorious. Yeah, riveting yeah, commentary. The the commentary on this lacked a little bit to be desired. Yeah, when you see that, like, because we so we're looking at this hardcore heat from t- two thousand and eight, and then we're looking at another hardcore heat from twenty twenty three. Just in that time, how much it has changed, and thank God, because you know, like Vanessa and Lou are. They're legends. They are legends. Like no one can ever take that away from them. But ex- exactly that. That commentary is like it's so dated. It's so cringy. And you know we don't hide that. You know like IWS, we are who we are. That's that's twenty five years. Like that. You know that happened. We can't pretend that 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 kind of era didn't exist. But we're smart enough to know like you know that's not cool. We can't be that company anymore. We want to be better. So I think that's like the most important thing is you know being able to identify where something sucks and actively making the change yeah absolutely i mean we're looking at this match this match i mean harley you said like oh yeah it's not that that long ago but 2008 is a long time ago in in pro wrestling and to know that there has been a like defined and an intentional shift away from this that took years to build but it still it happened i mean there are promotions that have you know they have everything they need to do better and they don't. They continually do not feature women. They continually do not highlight women in any kind of meaningful way in amongst their roster, amongst their their regular shows. And yeah, you can look at a match like this and say like, oh, well, of course this is, you know, what an indie does. But like, you look at what you are doing now, you look at the road that you have traveled down to get there and it was really good to see this and then see the later matches that we cover for this promotion because it's a world of difference. It really is. And it comes down to even just commentary and not just even visibility, not just the number of matches, not just the amount of women on a card, but the fact that the, the commentary has evolved in a really meaningful and important way that sells this accomplishment accomplishment all the more so. 100%. And honestly, it's really not that difficult to include women, you know? So I think any other promotion that doesn't make that effort, it's just pure laziness. Like you are a bad wrestling federation, like call a spade a spade. You are just bad at your job. Like you're not making an effort to include people and, you know, um, cater to the audience. You're just bad at your job. You're a lazy promoter. Like you don't deserve fans money. You don't deserve attention. That is my opinion. (laughs) That's the hill I'm going to die on. If you can't make the effort to make women feel number one, safe, comfortable, and included on your show, you're bad at your job. Like you don't, you really don't deserve to be in the current wrestling sphere that we have. This match, as I said, uh, August 2008, this is peak Divas era in the WWE to provide some context. 
But what got me was put put it on mute, honestly. And what Vanessa and Lufistro were doing in the ring, this could have been 2023. They're like fucking the, amazing. They're their speed, so good. their seriousness, the fact that they're mixing strikes and submissions, like all this. I'm like, this is, yeah, this, the action doesn't feel outdated. The action feels like these are two women who are going out there to have a wrestling match. And if you want a cat call and if you don't want to take it seriously, well, you know, we'll at least do our damnedest to prove as many of you guys wrong as we can. You know, there's a reason why they were chosen to be in that match. And there's a reason why to this day, you know, they're still getting booked all over Canada, all over the U.S. Uh, You know, they've both been to Japan so many times, you know, because they're good. They were good back then and they're still good to this day. So that is really the takeaway from this is, you know, whether the fans are being rude or if the commentary is shitty or if Beef Wellington interrupts the match, like they didn't even get to finish the match from what I remember, like. You know, he gets in there and he calls them cunts. Like, that's so absurd. It's so obscene. But the takeaway is that, you know, these women really proved who they are in that match. You know, there's, you know, there's a reason why they keep coming back. I watched that entire wretched promo that follows him, like, kicking them out of the ring without any form of, like, retribution for those women. I watched the entire wretched promo really hoping that, like, that Vanessa and Lucas do were to pop up and kick the ever loving shit out of this guy. And it didn't happen. It and didn't I, happen. And, it's it, so- and what, and what makes it all the more infuriating to watch this is that the crowd, and this is why it's so important for a promotion to evolve because then your crowd evolves too. really like you're going to bring in people who want to be there for the evolution that you're in, but you're also going to bring you're gonna, the vast majority of fans will come with you. They will. They will evolve their mentality. The one of the most infuriating parts about any of this is that, like, he's calling these women cunts and he's saying awful things about them. And, like, nobody in the audience is booing him for what he has just done to this match. Definitely. But you're so right about, like, you know, your crowd evolving. Our crowd has evolved and I'm so proud, you know, to be a part of it and the people that come there, you know, like I make sure to go out into the crowd and talk to people and ask them like how their experience is, like, what are they enjoying? What don't they like? You know, and we kind of have a joke like IWS, we have hot girls at our show. Like most indie wrestling shows don't bring in hot girls, you know? So it just shows, you know, like if you, if you evolve, your crowd will evolve too. Like you're totally, totally right on that. So that was 2008. We head into 2010. October 2010, IWS announces that they are running their final show. I didn't couldn't find any real context as to why, uh, as to what the decision-making behind it was. But October 2010, IWS runs their final show, and it's three years before they return in May 2014. Since then, it's been gangbusters. They come back in 2014. It's a new era of internet, really, of indie wrestling. They've got a new generation of wrestlers, wrestlers with names like Speedball, Mike Bailey. They found I've heard the of him. IW heard of him. <laughs> they found the IWS Dojo that fall as well, which helps provide a training school for the next generation of wrestlers. Is that, Erica, a big difference maker in why there's so, especially so many talented women now around the IWS scene? Is it the the dojo? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you provide women with a safe space to be a part of something, they will join. Because it's not like women didn't like wrestling or didn't want to be a part of wrestling. It's just, it wasn't very accessible. And, you know, there's, I've heard tons of horror stories, you know, from the girls, you know, who have tried out other schools. We know how these, you know, they're kind of carnies, you know, people in the wrestling business can be really malicious carnies. And uh, they had very negative experiences there. And then they come to the IWS Dojo, which is headed by superstar Shane Hawk, who's just one of the smartest minds in wrestling today, you know, not just because he's my friend, but he really, he has a vision and he gets it. And he created this, this school, this space, you know, that encouraged women to come join. Like, you're not just going to fight each other. Like you're going to fight everyone in here. You know, you're going to be treated like everyone else. You know, there's a very, there's a culture of hazing, I think in a lot of sports and that's what IWS does differently. They're not going to try to bully their students, you know, like to make sure they're tough. It's the opposite of that. You know, like this is a place where you can come learn wrestling because that's what you signed up for. You know, you didn't sign up to get bullied by a bunch of bigger guys who are going to promise like, oh, I'll get you to WWE. I have connections, you know, because that's what all these 
carny promoter schools do, the IWS has a real genuine approach. You know, you want wrestling. That's what we do. We love wrestling. We want to train you in the thing that you love. And that's where, you know, so many women were able to join and become a part of that school. And who doesn't want to be trained by speedball Mike Bailey? I mean, my goodness, what that guy has done for the women at that school is so fantastic. You know, we cannot thank him enough. It just, you know, it's definitely, I have to say the dojo is a really, really big part of that. And I hope other people hope that you're listening, you know, hope your school starts something like that, you know, make it, make it a deliberate effort to tell people like you are safe here, whether you're a woman, whether you're a queer person, you know, whether you are uh, a person of color, you have to actively tell people this is a place for you because the status quo, you know, people are kind of afraid you know wrestling has a really bad reputation sometimes for being an unsafe place for minorities and for women and for queer people you have to make the effort you have to be deliberate in telling people you are safe here we will protect you and we will teach you how to wrestle i think the dojo is really a great amazing place every time i go there it's just really positive energy of students who are trying their best and it's really great i'm like i'm really proud of them you know i've seen them come so far and i'm really really proud of all the work that they do by 2015, the women's revolution has kicked off in WWE. And so across the board, everybody, wrestling world in general, is paying more attention to women's wrestling. Finally, August 2017, at Scarred for Life 2017, we get our first IWS women's champion. Stephanie Sinclair, IWS veteran at this point, defeats Beta Scott and Kath Von Goth in a three-way to become the first IWS women's champion. Stephanie holds the belt for four months before losing it to uh, Stacey Tabot. And Stacey holds it for over a year before vacating the title in spring 2019. You would have been following or like attending IWS shows by that point, right? 2019? Yeah, that's what I had just started to see it. So the first, really the first women's match I'd seen there was, I believe, Stacey and Stephanie versus each other. All right. So 2019, Em and I have heard this story so many times 2019 one of the busiest years yet for iws more shows in 2019 than any year before 2020 is coming it's going to be big it's going to be better it's going to be the greatest and then COVID. <laughs> iws shuts down fully from february to september due to the pandemic at the time addy star is the women's champion she holds it throughout the entire pandemic for about two and a half years she loses it to Veda Scott in October 2021, honorary French-Canadian Veda Scott. <laughs> and Veda keeps it for almost a year before losing it to Melanie Havoc in August 2022. That is a four-way match that involved Veda, Melanie Havoc, Ruby Soho, and Chris Stara. So our second match on our watch list takes place a week after Melanie Havoc won the IWS title. This one is not from an IWS show, actually. It's from Chikudumi. Is that how you pronounce it? Chikudumi. Yeah, you said it. Chikudumi <laughs> Promotion, Attitude, Wrestling Entertainment. Erica, you chose this one, even though it's not an IWS, because the three women in this match, Melanie Havoc, Danny Leo, and Chris Starr, are all IWS regulars, right? Definitely. So I definitely think once Melanie Havoc won that belt, that ushered in kind of all our women's revolution era. Um, Melanie Cristara and Danny are all um, dojo graduates. Um, they are like the heart and soul of the women's division, plus some of the other girls who have joined recently as well. They are just, they are, I call them the girls I wish I had to look up to when I was growing up. You know, I was watching the Divas era when I was a kid. I loved it. And it's, you know, not a, it's not a slight on them, but it was a very different type of wrestling uh, the type of wrestling that, you know, kind of changes your mind when you're a child, you know, you see that and you think, I don't think I can do that because I don't look like that. You know, I don't look like a Tori Wilson or, you know, you have to be a Candice Michelle looking person to be a professional wrestler. And now I'm watching indie wrestling and I'm seeing these girls like Melanie and Danny and Christara who look like, you know, girls I know they look like me growing up. Watching them has been such an inspiring, like genuinely inspiring experience for me. Working with them is such an amazing, beautiful healing. You know, it's healing to work with them. To see where the women's wrestling can go is just so, so amazing for me. The first thing, obviously, we notice about this match is French commentary. 
Yes. Why? <laughs> Does IWS have French commentary as well, or is it just English? So it depends the era of IWS. So for a little while, we had a TV deal with RDS, which is the French station in Quebec. So at that period, we had a French ring announcer. We had French commentary. So we catered to that audience. Uh, now we're streaming on Fight Plus. So we have um, English commentary. We have English ring announcers. But IWS has always appealed, you know, because Montreal is a very English-French city. We've always appealed to both sides. So... That, that's also very unique about Montreal and IWS. You know, a lot of these other small town Quebec um, federations, it is very predominantly French. The wrestlers are French. The commentary is in French. What we do in Montreal is unique because we have that English um, appeal. And so we're able to kind of garner a bigger audience. And when you have French commentary, is it Boulder Vitesse, Mike Bailey? <laughs> or is he still speedball? You know what? I think he's still speedball. You can't okay. take that away from him. Boule de Vitesse. I've never even heard that. That is so funny. <laughs> that is really funny. <laughs> All right. So it's Melanie Havoc versus Danny Leo versus Cristara. August 22 for AWE. Three-way dances, really popular on these shows. We're getting a lot of them and a lot of them in the history of the IWS women's title. This one... The filming on this was really interesting, too. It's kind of dimly lit, but it almost had a film quality. Like, it reminded me of old Riptide wrestling shows. And it the did, overhead, yeah. the overhead camera down on the ring, I've never seen that in any promotion. That's a really unusual angle. Yeah, that was cool. I was impressed with that. The standout for me in this one was Kristara, because literally, like, she's in color and the rest of the show is black and white. The other yeah. wrestlers, the audience, everything is black and white. And then there's her, just the burst of color. So Christara, I mean, her. so her nickname is the sweetest pea. She really radiates, you know, everything that is sweetness, but then she can kick your ass. Christara is definitely the standout woman right now. She's, you know, getting interest from a lot of different federations, even some of the big ones, wink, wink. Um, she just has this really stylish charismatic way of wrestling like when you see her move you know it's her I, I my favorite thing about her is like she kind of pops for herself like she'll do a move and then like point at herself and smile because she knows she did it so well like she is really the one to watch right now I mean all of them are amazing they all bring something different to the table Cristaro just has that very stylish uh, almost like the rock you know like his own like mannerisms she has that going I think she's really really entertaining and someone to keep an eye on and I feel like I can see especially the Mike Bailey influence on her. Definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this was a fun one. It went almost 10 minutes. We got a lot of back and forth, as you'd expect, in a three-way. And in the end, it is Kristara tapping out to Melanie Havoc. This was a non-title match for Melanie's IWS women's title. But a nice chance to see all three of them. Kristara was the one that came away most wanting to see more no again no slight to the other two the one i wanted to see the most from so it worked out nicely that she was also in our third match as well i was just flabbergasted like leaps and bounds beyond what we had just watched for our first match you know and i'm i mean there's a lot of time in between 2008 and 2022 but it just i after watching that first match i was like kind of bracing myself of just like okay i don't know what to expect here i feel like we wouldn't be doing this promotion, focusing on this promotion, if this was going to be the general like rule of what we were watching. And of course it wasn't. So, and not only did we get a like women's match here, but we've got a three-way women's match where like, I felt like every single woman had standout moments. Every single uh, wrestler in this match had like a divine personality that kind of came out in a lot of the like group interactions that were here. Um, it was a quicker match, but like definitely got a lot of action in in that just about 10 minute mark i yeah really enjoyed this one a lot and you know with a three-way too like there was clearly story here that was being um that i couldn't understand on commentary because i don't speak french um but i didn't necessarily need to get the play-by-play -play on commentary to understand that there was like pre-existing stuff here that like was being actively addressed and played upon in the ring which i really appreciated it maybe like want to go back and watch prior matches featuring these women which is exactly what you want if you have like someone dropping in on watching a random match 
Yeah, the three of them have wrestled each other quite a bit in like the recent past. And you can see how much better they get each time they do it. You know, they get into each other's rhythm. They know each other's moveset. It's really been a fun journey to watch. So that was August 2022. We head into the spring of 2023, not that long ago. Melanie Havoc is still the IWS Women's Champion. And May 2023, Christara and her partner, Alex Mays, managed to defeat Casanova Productions to capture the take team titles. Christara becomes the very first woman to hold take gold in IWS. I cried real genuine tears at the end of that match. Like I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't see it coming. And I don't think they did either. <laughs> and um, it's it was a really emotional match. Like you can see them crying in the ring. I think you can see them crying in the ring. I saw them crying in real life. Um, it was really emotional. It was really exciting. You know, being a part of IWS and, you know, diversity and inclusion being a really important thing to me. You know, Alex Mays is a very out and about proud gay man. Christera is a black woman. Like the two of them together, you know, that says a lot. And then, you know, capturing that championship title together was so magical. I think for everyone, that's not a white straight man. <laughs> so it was a really, really, really like just the room, you could feel the love in the room. They're fan favorites. You know, we people have been following them over in IWS over the last two years to see all their hard work. You know, like these are the, these two people, I mean, our whole team is amazing, but you know, Alex and Chris Sarah, they're setting up the ring. They're helping tear down. They're helping with the cleanup, you know, just because they hold that belt doesn't mean that, you know, they excuse themselves from the hard work. You know, they're such hard workers. Seeing their faces when they won that match, it's like, this is what wrestling is about. Like wrestling is love. Wrestling is a celebration. That was just such a beautiful, beautiful moment. I love that match so much. I could watch it over and over again. I'm so happy for them. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. You know, and it's it's exciting. You know, a woman is holding the, the, the IWS tag team titles. Like that's never happened before. And here it is. You know, these are the moments we've been waiting for. And I hope we can get more of those. It shows other promotions as well. You know, if we can do it, you guys can do it too. Like, there's no excuses. You can't say, oh, well, people won't like if we, you know, if we put the tag title on a woman or if we do intergender. That's not true. We have the proof. People watch it. People are paying money. Paying customers are coming to see this. You know, you have no excuse. Step up. So that was May that they captured the tag titles. The next month. IWS officially joins Fight Plus and all events, all events are going to be live streaming there now? Yes, they will. There you go. The very first one to live stream was Scarred for Life 2023 this past July. Melanie Havoc retained the women's title against Danny Leo. We got Vanessa Craven taking on Maki Ito. We had Lufisto and PCP Crazy F and Manny taking on Bussy in a death match. And the third match on our watch list Christara and Alex Mays, a.k.a. Amazingly Sweet, defending the take titles against Casanova Productions, Matt Viviani, and JT Producer. What an amazing show that was. If, you know, whoever's listening, if you have that Fight Plus subscription, go watch the whole show. You know, that's, you'll see what I'm talking about when I say IWS has the best production value and, we you know, we get to, you know, do our shows in the best venues in Montreal. That show is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Yeah, this show, this show has got some bangers in this, but this match was so fun. And there is like visiting talent slash like high profile talent that is featured on this card. And yet I feel like the crowd was so amped to see their tag champions, so amped to see this match. It felt like this was like the home team's match. And Absolutely. the crowd was like so into it in that way that I really loved that. It made me love it just made me love like the the community of IWS here because like, you know, it's one thing to go to a show because you recognize a name from a like nationally broadcast wrestling show. But it's another thing to like go to the wrestling show because you've been going to that promotion for a long time and you like you are invested in their people. And that I felt right away. It's one of the things I really love about our like our promotion here in Pittsburgh Enjoy. But it's something that I immediately felt with IWS in, the, in this particular match too, that like, People are there for these teams. I love that you said that so much because it is really, really true. IWS has a cult following in Montreal, you know, because we've been around for so long and we've done so many crazy things. 
the fans really have a respect for IWS. You know, like people have thrown themselves off balconies and set themselves on fire. They really have a respect for what IWS does and they love their locals. You know, like the fact that you're able to see that come through on the TV is so amazing. And that's what I want to hear. You know, those guys, especially like Casanova Productions, they've been busting their asses on the circuit for years amazingly sweet have just like taken everyone by storm with their you know you can feel their charisma right through the screen you can feel the joy and the love and how how much they genuinely appreciate that they are the tag champions in that match and that's you know that's the beauty of wrestling it's it's feeling those emotions so that was june one month later we were back on fight for the last match on our watch list it was august it was hardcore heat 2023 the women's title was on the line when Melanie Havoc defended against Katrina Creed. Katrina hasn't come up on our list yet. Uh, tell us a little bit about her, Erica. Katrina is new. She's an IWS dojo trainee and graduate. She is a heavy hitter. She is someone to look out for. You know, you can't miss her with her big, beautiful golden hair. <laughs> um, she is really exciting. She's currently the IWS women's champion. She defended her title successfully yesterday at uh, Know Your Enemies. You can watch that on Fight Plus. <laughs> Katrina is, she's making the rounds of Quebec wrestling and Ontario wrestling, you know, really showing people why she is the IWS Women's Champion. You know, she earned her, she earned that title. You know, she she won because <laughs> she beat the crap out of her opponent and made her submit. Katrina is really exciting. And, you know, she's just another one of the great members of our uh, our women's division. Yeah, this match we watched here is the match where Katrina wins the title with a little bit of an assist from Danny Leo. So Melanie tries to grab the title belt and just she places on the apron, you know, innocuously. Like it, she maybe just wanted to get a better look at it. She leaves it on the apron, but Danny Leo comes out, grabs it away, off the distraction. Katrina hits um, I don't know wrestling terms, but I think what uh what Soraya would have called a page turner. And a last chance re causes Melanie to pass out. Katrina Creed wins the women's title, but post match, Danny knocks her out with her own title belt, and that set up uh, that match happened yesterday, right at Know Your Enemies. Danny versus Katrina for the title. Yes, totally. Danny is mm -hmm. uh, she's sneaky. She's kind of you know. You think her small stature, you think, you know, maybe she's not as strong as the other girls. She can deadlift like 300 pounds and like squat like 400 pounds. Like the girl is just so effing strong. She's definitely one to look out for. She's she's sneaky. I know Katrina calls herself the cobra, but I think Danny's the snake right now. <laughs> That's that. That's us caught up to the present. As of today, Kristar and Alex Mays, take team champions, Katrina Creed, women's champion. IWS runs about once a month or how how frequently? About once a month, yeah. Okay, do you know when the next show is going to be? So the next show is going to be on October 14th. The venue has not been disclosed yet, but in between we do uh, fun no-ring shows at local bars. So on October 7th, if you're in Montreal and you want to have a good time, head over to Turbo House. We usually do these shows around midnight, no ring, everyone packed into the bar, and we just let people beat the living hell out of each other. And it's a really, really great, good time. You know, the community really comes out for these events. And we really have the fans to thank for our success. You know, people coming and supporting and showing their love for wrestling. It's why we keep doing it, you know. Awesome. And if you are brave enough to try to drive to Quebec in the middle of March, the 25th <laughs> anniversary show will be happening. It I'm just that happening. kind of crazy. <laughs> well, you live in Pittsburgh. It's pretty cold up there too, isn't it? <laughs> right. You know, I'm going from one extreme to the same extreme. Um, you never know. And you get those like weird little like warm spots during March. So who knows? You know, it's worth a try. <laughs> well, Grit and Glitter, we would love to have you there. We would love for you guys to come and see it in person. Come see the magic. You know, now, now is the time now is the time there is a magical moment happening in wrestling and in women's wrestling especially and the more people that i can share it with just makes my heart grow three sizes <laughs> i absolutely love that and i'm so glad i mean it's just so rare that we get to be active agents in the change that we want to see happening in wrestling and in so many things and so it's so cool that you 
have gotten to be a part of this progress of this like really like visible and important progress in a long-standing like what is now like a tradition of Canadian independent pro wrestling. I think that's so cool and like kudos to you, kudos to everybody for like actually like doing the work and making this happen because the effects are clear, the impact is clear. You've got you've got great talent who are getting to a chance to really showcase themselves in front of a crowd that really adores them and is following the story and is enjoying being a part of that moment. Um, it's just it's really tremendous. I I, I feel so happy to have seen this because I had heard of this promotion but never had a chance to really like give it the the time to watch and now I'm like actively invested in the story and I want to continue. Thank you so much. That really means the world, you know, and especially Montreal is a very special place for wrestling. I know people always refer to Montreal as a hockey city, but Montreal is a wrestling city. Like if you look at the history of wrestling in Montreal from the 1940s all the way to today, I mean it is just we have so many stars that have come out of here. There is a really strong love for wrestling in the French Canadian community. And so, you know, when it comes time to supporting our women, hell yeah, we support our women. You know, we're, we very much are like cult lovers of the things that we like in Quebec because we have that like French Canadian otherness. Like some, you know, we don't always get involved in a lot of other things. People don't always include us in stuff. We don't always feel like we're a part of other bigger Canadian things or, you know, American things. So when we do something at home, we do it with our whole, whole ass. Like we put our whole chest into it, you know, like pussy out. We love what we do. So I hope you feel that, you know, that fiery Montreal passion that we're, we're very much known for. We love our women and, you know, I hope you guys can come see us one day. <laughs> That's our show. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Patreon at Grit glitter pod erica where can people find you online you can find me on twitter at disco deathmatch or you can find me on instagram at brett underscore fart that handle turns off men all the time and i love it (laughs) (laughs) and you can follow iws on twitter or pretty much most places at iws hardcore Thank you, Erica, again, for joining us. Please come back next week, listeners. We are one more week left in September. That means we've got one more week to make some more new friends. Thank you guys so much. This is really great. And Harley, my goodness, that uh, comprehensive history was amazing. I even ended up learning things. So thank you guys so much for really taking the time to you know be diligent about this. And, and it's amazing what you're doing here, taking the time every week to talk about women's wrestling. You know, We are the change that we want to see. And I think that's really great. So thank you again so much. <laughs>